Every business comes to life through its service experience. Your business success depends on whether your customers are loyal to you. That's where real value and profit is created. Great companies ubiquitously have great customer experiences. A thin red line divides those that invest and consistently deliver what their customers need and those that fail and get disrupted. In competitive and challenging times, leaders need to double down on their customer experience. Learn and grow the value you create. Grow your success. Be on the right side of that thin red line. This is the CX Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and customer experience guru, public speaker, and author. Your business success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to the CX Guru. I'm your host, Eric McCroskey, and today I'm very excited to have with me Gwen Foster Oglesby, uh, who's written a book uh, about uh, customer experience and some of the key elements within a contact center. So Gwen, really happy to have you uh, with me today. Uh, can you share maybe a little bit about yourself and, and your journey that got you in this customer experience space and, and in writing a book? Well, thank you so much for having me, Eric. Absolutely. Well, I am a resident of Jacksonville, Florida, and mm -hmm. just a bit of a tidbit information about Jacksonville, Florida. We were once known as the call center capital of the world. So the joke was in Jacksonville that there was a call center on every corner. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but I've worked in customer service for years and then mm -hmm. eventually branched out into working in call center position. So you can say that customer service is part of my career DNA. It is. Yes. So while working in call centers, I noticed the product may be different, mm -hmm. but the call center dynamics were the same. So Absolutely. if you worked for a bank, if you worked in sales, if you worked for a security company or in healthcare, that product was different. But those dynamics in the call center were the same. Your agents still had they had similar struggles. Your supervisors, your managers had those different struggles. And even the operations had similar strug struggles. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And what made you decide to, to, to write all of this into a book and, and, and share ideas with the world? Well, my passion is customer service. You may think that's corny, but truly, that's my passion. I strongly <laughs> believe employees should treat customers in a professional manner and provide great customer service. But I also believe employers should give their employees the proper tools to do their job successfully. So right. I just found myself just always thinking about customer service. I would go home. How can we do things better? And I just felt the need to <laughs> write a book and share my best practices to both the uh, customer service agents as well as the supervisor and manager. Love it. Um, so, so in your opinion, and, and with all your experience, what makes a great agent? It may be cliche for me to say this, mm -hmm. but you would want an agent to treat the customer the way they would want to be treated. Right. That's one of the main things. Put mm -hmm. yourself in the customer's shoes. For sure. And then also have the big picture. A great agent should understand that their role is bigger than just them. 
it's right. bigger than them. So they have to think more of about their team members. They have to think more about the customers. So it's more global than just thinking about yourself. Also mm -hmm. working in a call center, you, you typically need to have a thick skin because sometimes, <laughs> you know, your customers may be a bit frustrated and they <laughs> may the take, right. <laughs> and they may take their frustrations out on you. Right. But just always remember, you know, not to take it personal, try to let it roll off your shoulders. Now, we're not asking customer service agents to be abused by the customers, but just understand not to take it personal and let them vent and then proceed to try to service uh, the customer. We're looking for someone who is informed. Mm -hmm. They may not know the job totally, but they're also right. resourceful. They know where to go to get the information. I also like to look at a, customer, a great customer service agent as what I call in the book as iPad, I-P-A-D, looking mm -hmm. for someone with that integrity. They're going to do the right thing when right. seen and unseen. And now that people are working from home, that integrity mm -hmm. is really going to go a, Absolutely. A, a long way. Right. Yep. We're looking for someone who's professional. You want to be professional with your with your customers, also mm -hmm. with your coworkers. We're looking for someone a with an attitude, a good attitude. Right. Mm -hmm. Be a team player. Understand the concept again that it's it's not just about you, but it's about others. It's about getting the job done. Right. And D is really important. Dependability. You got to come to work. It's so important. <laughs> you know, you were hired to do the job. So just just have that total understanding that if I come to work, I'm going to handle my fair share of calls. We will be able to meet whatever service levels requirements are. Mm -hmm. And then the job will be much easier to manage. But that's what I call that's iPad, I-P-A-D. It makes good sense. And and so you've talked a little bit about uh, some conversations. Sometimes they can be difficult, uh, but sometimes as well, they can be they can make or break a relationship uh, with with an organization. So that's where um, I think that, that those, those key roles in, in contact centers are often uh, not given the value that they really should have, right. uh, because it, it's, it's one of the biggest points of conversations with uh, with customers. Um, and, and often, too often, I see call centers trying to minimize costs, but at the end of the day, that's really your source of income is, is the customers are paying day in and day out. Uh, so can you maybe share a little bit about what makes a great conversation? So uh, that conversation that you're having with a guest or a customer, mm -hmm. uh, what, what have you seen that, that makes it a, a worthwhile, a good, lasting conversation? You know, a great conversation is where the advocate or the customer service agent is engaged, engaged with the needs of the customer. They're eager to help. They want to be able to solve the customer's issue. And even if they don't know the answer, again, they know where to go. And sometimes it may even require a callback. But right. just looking for that person that just wants to do the job and resolve the issue. Voice inflection is really good. That tone mm -hmm. goes a long way. I mean, have you ever been on a call with <laughs> someone and they sound so robotic? It's like <laughs> they have a checklist of 
of what the, oh, my goodness, the yes. expectations are. Okay, I did that. I apologized. Okay, <laughs> next, right. next. But you want to you want to sound like you're engaged and interested in the needs of the customer and helping to resolve their issue. So that voice inflection, the pitches of your voice, the highs and the lows, it just comes across like you are eager and willing to resolve their issue. You're genuine. Yes, a, a, a bit like your voice. It sounds warm. It's inviting, um, and and I think you're absolutely right. That 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 has a huge impact in terms right. of building rapport. One of the best persons I've ever heard on on the phone. She she was mostly doing sales, uh, but her background was in in singing. She would sing uh, in operas and in oh uh, yes. <laughs> also, so, so she had like incredible uh, tone inflection, incredible like, just a professional voice. Better than a radio voice. <laughs> right. You want to sound like you want to be there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you actually want to have that conversation because it's so hard. You're, you're, you're not actually face-to-face with the person. Right. So they can't see your body language. Right. <laughs> whether you're so approachable, it, all of those mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah. So it brings that extra element of interest. But you also want to listen. You want to be, the customers want to be heard. So you have to be able to listen to what the customer is saying and Mm -hmm. acknowledge what they're saying and their needs. Right. That's really important. And and also a great call flow, right? Mm -hmm. So you want, at the end of the call, when the customer hangs up, they will probably say, oh, wow, that was that was a great call. It was efficient. Right. It flowed freely. There was call structure. <laughs> you did right. not have to repeat yourself. All of those elements make for a great conversation. That That, that is really important. Um, and I love how you, 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 mess, you position that because I think that, that's something that's often missed. It becomes a bit too robotic. I've seen too many call centers try to go towards scripts and and this is what you need to stay here and and that's a horrible path because you can't have a great conversation if it's scripted nobody does Mm -hmm. um you can you can't add your who you are your personality you can't shine through it um but that really comes through experience i mean obviously there are certain themes that you need to go through um but your personality has to to resonate for for there to be a connection definitely i i was interviewing on one of my last episodes uh, a professor who studied really the, the science of customer experience. And one of the things he, he would always say is, I also need to, for, for the customer to love me, I need to start by loving them. So I need to find a way to build rapport, to find something likable about them. Otherwise, it's almost impossible for them to ever like you in the organization you're representing. That makes sense. Uh, so one of the things that a lot of contact centers uh, get get criticized for, and, and you've you've alluded to it in terms of closing the call is the, I think you, you, you call it the get them on, get them off challenge that a lot of contact centers have. So, so the, the whole theme around average handle time and pushing to performance and, and, and productivity on the call, sometimes not necessarily doing the right thing for the customers. Um, any thoughts around how do you avoid this? Right, right. Good question. Really, now, if management focuses on productivity, if that's their main theme of communication, right? that is what you will get. You will get that element of get them on and get them off because <laughs> they're so focused 
on that productivity. We don't right. want any calls in queue, you know, in and out, in and out. But you want to avoid that. So the, the element of resolving the customer's needs, that's diminished yeah. when you have that, that focus on productivity. I prefer mm -hmm. to refer to uh, being productive is to be more efficient. Not mm -hmm. efficient is you're still mindful of being productive, but you're you're cutting small behaviors that may further extend the call. Right. However, that if you focus so much on the productivity, the agent feels forced to cut corners. Right? They're mm -hmm. they're going they're not going to want to engage with the customer because there's that fear in the back of their head is if I engage <laughs> with them, that customer is going to ask me more questions because right. they're going to like me and they're going to say, well, how about this? Can you explain that? So they, <laughs> so really a defense would be more of, let me just give them a blanket answer. Let mm -hmm. me be short with it. And in hopes that the customer will hang up, and probably yep. call back, right? right? So you you don't want to get into that cycle of get them on, get them off, because they're going to call right back, and that defeats the purpose of being efficient. Yeah, I, I I like your comment around what you focus on. I mean, I, I was talking to one executive, and and she was telling me how her her challenge was she she would always talk about average handle time and coach the average handle time, and that was the dominant theme. But then she would say, but I also tell them that. Customer, the customer matters and do the right thing. And then she'd say, well, why is it they're never doing the right thing for the customer? And it's because you're too focused on the time piece. And, and I mean, obviously the call needs to make sense, right? If, if you're talking about the game that happened yesterday, you're going talking about the weather. I mean, it could be nice chit chat, but there's a point right. where it becomes inefficient and nobody right. wants to be on the phone for five hours to solve whatever issue they're trying to solve. Definitely. It takes a good balance of the two. You do have to be mindful of being efficient, but you mm. still want to ultimately service that customer so that they feel empowered, right? right. So if that customer is empowered and learns something, they may not need to call you back again for that same reason because the customer service agent educated them. Right. And, and so you talked about balance. That, that gets me into another theme about how do we balance uh, the work life in a contact center? How, how do we drive the right, um, the right level of balance and how do team members have that and, and how do we instill within the organization? Okay. Good question. You know, I always think of the example is if you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask drops. Right. Right. And we're always told that you put that <laughs> mask on yourself first. Exactly. Then you're able to help others. And I, I see the same thing as a customer service agent. You know, you want them to be whole in order to be able to focus on the job and make sure that they're there to service the member. Now, if the if the employee has some mm -hmm. personal issues going on at home, maybe a loved one has been deployed or what have you, how can mm -hmm. you, you can imagine, how can you focus on doing the job, right? So this is where it's so important that the leaders must do those regular check-ins and not, not a checklist 
check in right. like okay i did it i just asked hey how are you doing suzy q no you want to really you know engage with each and every um, employee that's on your team and make right. sure they're whole and if they're having some struggles right then you want to let them know about company resources because most companies have the employee mm -hmm. um, assistance programs or what have you some type of a confidential outlet where they can reach out and get any help that's needed right. in order to help them be whole, mm -hmm. right? And I think what you you touched on is really important. Really having that 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 regular conversation, a genuine conversation. The more I get to know the person as a person, the more I'm going to be able to understand what's happening in their lives. That I create psychological safety where they feel they can raise issues, ask for help, ask for support right. if need be. So you're creating the, the right environment for that uh, to really happen. At the end of the day, that's that's true in any role. Um, you, it's a role of a good leader. Right. But, you know, if the employee is new, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced that if someone is new, it's going to take a while before they can build that trust, you know, and confidence Absolutely. in you because they want to make sure that, hey, if I tell them something in confidence, I'm not going to run back and tell everyone in the call center, <laughs> you know, what this right. person is going through. So don't don't feel, you know, discouraged if your first interactions are kind of just like blanket conversations because they're trying to get a feel for you just like you're trying to get a feel for them. And they may be on probation and they don't want to, 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 to show the wrong side and, and they right. want to show they're in control. So, so absolutely, I, I, it, it is a lot more difficult at the front end. But I think if you've created the right environment within the team, they'll also get feedback from other team members around who you are as a leader and, and, and how you're showing up and, and what you can share. Good point. Okay, so so we've now uh, been for 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 months in many organizations working from home, um, and and I think contact centers are probably one of the the best environments for working from home. Uh, I know a lot of contact centers have been doing this for probably at least a decade, some probably close to two decades. Uh, maybe not with our entire teams working remotely, uh, but obviously you've seen that environment. Do you have any ideas or best practices? For, for dealing with agents that are working remotely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, working from home can be a challenge, right? Uh, it, it's a different beast. Right. And uh, because if you imagine it, everyone's in their own home. I mm -hmm. refer to it as solo silos because everyone <laughs> is at their own place and they're doing their own thing. So mm -hmm. what's going to be very important, what's vital is that there must be some type of connection, either online chats, virtual meetings. The technology mm -hmm. is really going to be a key now with individuals working from home or the majority of employees working from home now. So that's going to be key. Um, also, it, it would be a great idea. You have to set some expectations uh, mm -hmm. for working from home. And it would be great if you're able to involve the team in order to get their buy-in. So right. instead, of, instead of the supervisor or manager saying, hey, these are the expectations, uh, if, if you're able to get some of some of their input, I think it would be more of a smooth transition. I, I love that point. Mm -hmm. I actually was talking that about that very theme with, with somebody else who was on the podcast uh, talking really in terms of almost creating team norms, but getting the team to, to help set those norms. Right, right. 
Now, you don't want to micromanage. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to do that. That's something that you would want to avoid. Uh, you want to show that you trust your customer service agents. Right. Right. You want to give that that trust. Now, sometimes you may have someone that has shown not to be trustful. So then you must take it, you know, a different mm-hmm. route. Right. But guess what? Trust goes both ways. Absolutely. Right. So the supervisor manager should show that trust, but also the agent working from home should understand that trust. So they must be sure to, I would always recommend that they meet with their family and let mm. them know that, yes, I'm working from home, right? It's a privilege for me to work at home. I'm working at home, but mm-hmm. I'm still working. I'm still on right. the clock. So do not <laughs> give me expectations to wash clothes, have dinner done and all of this, right? right. Because I, I still have a job that I need to do. Yes. Um, people even, can forget that. The family right. can start thinking, oh, you're at home. It's it's a vacation day. Right. But it's not. It's not. Tell your friends, don't come to the house. I'm still working. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I even know of some uh, employees that put a a sign on their front door oh. uh, so that people don't come and solicit or what have you. So, Interesting. you know, sometimes you just have to find out what works for you. Exactly. Right. But then also working at home, you want to manage your time, manage your breaks. Right. When it's time for you to take a break, step away, you know, do something different. Right. So that you can come back fresh and energized. I think that's an important piece. Mm -hmm. I've um, I I, I always advise people to just to to stand up, to walk around, do something because we're too tempted to just say, oh, I'll just continue sitting down. And then you've not done anything all day, but sit down. Right. You get stale. So yeah. good to kind of move it and shake it, take a walk <laughs> outside, go to the mailbox, something. Just just right. something different. Exactly. Uh, you, you talked about trust. And I think that's that's also something really, really key in this environment, because I think a lot of leaders uh, in an office environment feel that they don't they, they can supervise. They can oversee. They know if you're working or not working. Uh, and then when you're working remotely, the trust goes away. And so often I've seen leaders that were probably okay, or good leaders in an office environment go crazy when they went into a virtual environment and, and right. start having all sorts of rules and check-ins. I had one who was like, who wanted to organize a, a an 8 a.m. video call with everybody to make sure everybody was was out of bed, uh, things of that nature where <laughs> it made no sense or check in with you and drive employees crazy mm-hmm. with the amount of check-ins because they assumed if you're working from home, you're not going to do the right thing. Well, chances right. are you won't do if somebody's always checking in with you and, and, and micromanaging you. Right. Definitely. Excellent. Uh, so, so Gwen, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you uh, on the show. Thank you so much for sharing um, some, some ideas around the, the customer service role and particularly within contact center, the contact center space. Um, I think it's it's too often a, a missing link that too many people forget about is that human to human interaction that's so important. You can't digitize everything. Um, if anything, I think the the role of the agents has has actually gone more complicated with digitization because you're no longer calling to do simple transactions. You're now calling to 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 talk about much more difficult, challenging themes that you couldn't solve yourself in most instances. Um, but it hasn't been recognized. That is true because most call centers have the automated self-service 
system right. where you can get like your your common needs done where you don't actually have to speak with a customer service agent. So with that said, you would think the majority of the calls where the customer needs to speak with someone, it may be more of a challenging call. So yeah, I do see the dynamics changing a bit right. from the um, of call centers. This being said, it's still an incredibly important role and, and a role that uh, needs to be um, to, to, to be given the, the, the freedom because that's where you have the right interactions and that's where you can make or break a relationship with a customer, in my, in my opinion. No, you're uh, right. So your book, uh, Call Center, uh, Focus on Customer Service, uh, available on Amazon and, and um, in any good bookstore. Uh, feel free to, to pick it up. Uh, any, any thoughts for, for listeners in terms of a quick preview of what to expect in your book? Well, it, it will be a book that really is more conversational. You know, it's, it's not a high level, you know, I don't understand what she's talking about. It's more <laughs> of what I have experienced. And I'm just pouring out to both those in management as well as the customer service agent. So I'm sharing mm. those best practices for the supervisor and the manager in order to help build a team that is inspired, a team that is motivated and understands that it's more than just you, right? right. It, it encourages the employee to develop their work ethic, as I spoke about the iPad concept, but mm -hmm. also for the, the customer service agent, just those tools, just to help them, again, be successful in the workplace. And also in the book, I add a little humor to it because I have something <laughs> called call center flashback. So I'm re I'm remembering those things that happen in a call center because, oh, if you know, working <laughs> in a call center can be very comical. I'm sure. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I've shared some of those moments. Of course, I changed the names to protect the innocent and the guilty, right? <laughs> but um, but really, it comes from a good place in my heart because I right. genuinely want every employee that I've ever, you know, worked with to be successful in the workplace. I mean, because you haven't, you get an income, you, you have insurance, all of that, all of those are benefits for you. So I always, you know, reflect when I have to place someone on a corrective action or someone gets terminated, it's like, could I have done something different? What could they have done? So really the book is more of me pouring out my heart uh, to the reader. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Gwen. Pleasure having you on the show. And thank you for sharing your ideas on this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Hi, it's your host, Eric McCroskey again here on the CX Guru. If you've got a great idea for a podcast or you'd like to be on the show, drop me a line. Thank you for listening to the CX Guru on C-Suite Radio. Increase the value you create. Grow your brand. Drive your success. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Come back in two weeks for the next episode. Or listen to our sister show, The Ops Guru, with Eric McCroskey. Fuel your future. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.